Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavan.com. Delighted to be joined by sports editor of the anglo South Paul Fitzpatrick as we look back over round two of the All-County Football League results. We'll also be uh, just discussing the, the Hurling League which is a great addition to the GEA calendar. Um, I caught up with a game on Sunday evening between Pierce Oaks and Mullerhorn St. Joseph's. The Cavan ladies um, had a, a comfortable victory over Leash at the weekend. We'll be looking back over it and Paul will be giving us an update or maybe some inside uh, snippets of the book you're working on at the minute, Charlie Gallagher. Maybe we'll start on that, Paul, because every time you do a little bit, I hear a little bit more and I get a little bit more intrigued about how soon this book's going to be out. Uh, thanks, Damien. Yeah, <coughs> it's, it's starting to come together nicely now, probably about... A third of it written. Um, a lot of interviews done. A lot more uh, interviews still to do. And but of most of the research done, and it's fascinating li- life that he had. Uh, like an amazingly charis- charismatic man, incredibly talented footballer, um, and he, he he lived in a very inter- interesting time. You know, nineteen fifties and sixties rural Ireland. There was big changes happening, and he was a very successful man professionally he was a dentist based in Derry and he just he just had an aura and he was a type of man that put it like this the amount of people I've interviewed who said Charlie was my best friend or Charlie was one of my very best friends almost everyone and they all said everyone wanted to be in his company everyone had a story about the time they met Charlie Gallagher someone told me about about being in a, a ballroom or whatever it was a dance in in somewhere in Dublin back in the late fifties, Charlie would have been in UCD, and he said when he walked in, it was like one of the Beatles walking in. And then someone else told me I interviewed another guy yesterday um, from Donegal, and he was telling me that when Charlie Charlie would walk into a place in Donegal in Bally Buffet, there was a dance hall, and Charlie would walk in, and he was there one night, and he saw a commotion, and he says, "What's the what's the commotion?" And they said, "Well, Charlie Gallagher walked in." <laughs> this was the kind of man he was, and then Charlie died tragically thirty mm-hmm. years ago this year. He drowned. And he had his own issues with alcoholism and stuff like that towards the end of his life as well. So, it, you know, the whole story is a very, very uh, poignant story. And I think, it's, I think it's a story that people are going to want to hear about. So it's I'm really, really enjoying it. It's very funny, actually. I was, um, I was in company of a couple of gentlemen a little bit older than I am, quite a bit older than I am. But they were, they, Charlie Gallagher come up in conversation and they would have been... Probably, well, they'd have been a bit younger than Charlie, but um, so they'd have been kind of kids or, or maybe teenagers when Charlie was playing for Cavan. But they literally said it was it, it was as if David Beckham was coming yeah. to Cavan. It was that sort of an aura that, that he was the first superstar that either of them could remember. And they yeah. used the word superstar, you know. It, That's what he was. That's what he was. He was a superstar. And it, like he, one person said to me, a man around 80, and he said, it's hard to describe how, how little people had back then, especially in the 50s and early 60s, uh, 50s especially. People in, in rural Ireland had nothing. And there wasn't a big drink culture back then. 
um, because people hadn't the money to drink. Yeah. And they, re- they really had nothing. The church dominated the country at the time. And uh, what one fella said said to me was, we had nothing. He said, in Good Hill, we had nothing. But he said, we had the football and we had Charlie Gallagher. Yeah. And he said, that was it. The joy that he brought to so many people, thousands of people. At, at the launch of the of the new Cavan uh, Polo Ground Centre of Excellence fundraiser in, in Crow Park, you were there as well. Yeah. John Horan, the GA president, stood up to make a speech. And he said, uh, but the second line of his address was, I was reared coming down here, being carried over to Turnstiles to see Car- Charlie Gallagher, number 13 for Cavan. Yeah. John Horan was born around the corner from Crow Park. Cavan played Mayo in the, in the National League and as always in the, in the match programmes that have a page about something interesting about the visiting team usually just just a full page article about Charlie Gallagher now it's 50 years this year since Charlie played his last game for Cavan and that's a whole other story in itself but that those last couple of games he played were just dramatic and you know talking about bookending an era so in a nutshell Charlie had never been taken off in his life playing for Cavan he got taken off in 1969 in the All-Ireland semi-final against Offaly, the drawn game, he was replaced by Michal Green, and who I interviewed, and it was very, very helpful. And Michal came on, went to take a free. At that stage, Charlie Gallagher scored over 700 points for Cavan. <laughs> uh, and I don't know how, how many goals. I have the stats written down somewhere, but he had like 50-odd goals as well. And um, he would not have missed the free. He was in front of the goals. We had, he hadn't been playing well, but Michal Green took the free, and he missed it. And there was a massive post-mortem about it. It ended up a draw. Gene Cusick got a point to get a draw for Cavan. There was a huge post-mortem. It was in the national papers and everything. Why was Charlie Gallagher taken off? The manager was Mick Higgins and the selectors. They all started to distance themselves from it, saying, I was at the other side of the field. I don't know who did it. Mm-hmm. He was only off for about 10 minutes. They brought him back on with a couple of minutes to go. They realised, someone must have said, hold on, what's going on here? One player that was playing said to me um, that there was, a, there was old Cavan players and stuff like that in the stand um, sitting down near the dugout and that they were roaring and they were like get get Charlie off oh. they were going mad typical supporters getting into it and they want a scapegoat and it all was a big fluster on the sideline there's confusion Charlie ends up coming off Cavan missed the free uh, he'd never been taken off before they went out in the replay and the Cavan were convinced that they'd win it in the replay and they went out in the replay and they lost after he got three goals in the first half Cavan were, were beaten and they end up by maybe five or six points and in the dressing room after the Cavan team was, were in floods of tears. They said, several players I've interviewed said, it was like a morgue in that dressing room afterwards because they knew that this was the end of, the, of an era. Cavan had won four Ulster titles in the 60s, beaten down in the mall, twice went down when they were in an All-Ireland champions. Down won three All-Irelands, we won none. We lost four semi-finals, five semi-finals, including the drawing game in 69, and we didn't win any of them. And... Uh, like a draw, we lost by a point in 67 to to um, Cork when they should have won. 67 was probably the best team, Gallagher was captain. But they knew, the people knew it was the end of an era and couldn't go on forever. And like there had been letters being written into the Celt, you know, earlier on in, in that year and the year before saying, this is the year, we have to do it because Gabriel Kelly, Charlie Gallagher, Ray Carlin, uh, Tom Lynch, men like this won't go on forever. And it was it was very it was prophetic in hindsight because Charlie never played for Cavan again, wow. and Gabriel never played. But Gabriel actually, sorry, did he came out of retirement three years later when he was manager to play one game, but Gabriel retired. Charlie retired. Tom Lynch went to emigrated to to Canada. Mick Higgins was the manager, and they were heartbroken. They, Mick Higgins stepped down. At that stage, 
like Mick Higgins was born um, in 19, 1922, the day Michael Collins was shot. So at that stage, Mick Higgins was still a young enough man. He was 47. Mm. Um, I actually was watching the clip. I was in the County Museum earlier doing a bit of research and there's a, there a video clip of him and he, the goal he scored in the Polo Grounds final. <laughs> like, people think the football back then was, was raw and um, wasn't, wasn't as nicely skillful, skillful as it is yeah. now. But... If you saw the goal, Mick Higgins scored. Two defenders came out with the ball. He threw a shimmy and he pulled his hand in. He he, he just brought the ball into his in his possession, left the two hundred for dead, and about twenty yards already buried it. But it, like this was the man he was. He was the manager, and at that stage he had won three All Irelands with Cavan, and I think he might have had seven or eight Ulster medals. He was manager of all his River Cup teams in '68. Um, Longford got him there, and even though he was managing Cavan, he trained Longford as well. They won Leinster and they won the National League, which they've never done either um, since. So he left Cavan and he went up and Donegal came there and looking for him. He went up and he managed Donegal to win their first Ulster title. Right. At at the at the county convention, T. P. O'Reilly, who who had won all Ireland's of forty seven and forty eight, was the chairman all the way through the sixties. He stepped down, crushed by by this defeat. He stepped down. Suddenly, the team had broken up and the whole support network around it, and we never rose again. Cavan, that was sixty nine. To that point, we had thirty eight Ulster titles. Fifty years on, we've got thirty nine. Yeah. And people say, what happened, Cavan football? A lot of a lot of the great history of Cavan football died that day. That team was finished that afternoon, and that's why fellas were crying in the dressing room. And little did they know. And also, Charlie Gallagher never played for Cavan again. And you know, have we ever had another Charlie Gallagher? Probably not. The, the man I interviewed yesterday from Donegal, he played on won five Railway Cup medals, and he said, and he's played with all the greats: Sean O'Neill, Paddy Doherty's brilliant, brilliant players in the 60s and played against Cavan so many times. He said the likes of Charlie Gallagher is the sort of individual that comes along every 50 years. So that's the man. He was born on Christmas Day. He had everything, you know. He just had everything. So I'm really, really enjoying it. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get it finished in the next couple of months. Well, we're definitely we're looking forward to it. Any it'll be a great Christmas, Christmas stock and filler. Um, we'll move on to the All County Football League results from the weekend gone by. Um, we'll start with Division 3 where the um, well, the first game was on Saturday evening. It was Corla against Mahara. Finished two twenty to to two ten. High scoring game down in St Mary's. I don't know why it was in Swanland Barra, but um, again, I seen these two teams playing in the championship. Now I know it was a ten point victory for Corla, but it was very competitive last year in the championship, and that's a good high scoring game to get four thirty in any game was is entertaining. Yeah, so Corla won it. Corner one, sorry, sorry, I I was away in out of the country there for for a few days, so a lot of these results are new to me. I'm only back to, back really in the swing of things today. So Corla beat Mara. Okay, well it's good for Corla to get a good win under the belt. Yeah, it is, and 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 uh, the suntan definitely suits you. Of course, <laughs> you're swanning away. We, we were saying while you're in your absence that it was great to see Den um, putting up a stand in your honour out in Cross Keys. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's very, that's actually another one. The um, on the Easter bank holiday weekend on the Monday, Cavan taking on Mead. So remember to put that into your diary, everyone. That should be a great um, afternoon just to get a, a kind of a glimpse of how Cavan are going. It's, sorry, is it Easter or is it the May bank holiday? I think it's Easter. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's definitely in April. It's Easter Monday. Yeah, yeah that's all right. So uh, yeah, that's uh, four or five o'clock in in Cross Keys. There'll be a big crowd at that. The will, the will, yeah, and and there's a stand now for them to stand in. <laughs> Much to your delight. Paul. I can't wait. I'll be on the back of that, Laurie. 
<laughs> I'd have moved the lorry to the other side now, so will. Um second game actually sorry, there are new press facilities, I think. Excellent. Yeah. I was actually looking at the, the images of it. Um look, it's a brilliant pitch. Oh. It's a brilliant, brilliant pitch. And I mean they're not, they're they're lovely people up there, don't get me wrong. It's just last year it was not ideal for watching a championship match because unless you were on the fence you couldn't see, but uh, yeah. well, no, the stand will be a huge addition. It'll probably be the, the go-to venue now for championship games. I'm and right rightly so. so. It's a great location. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think they've they've done pretty much everything that they can do now out there. But I'm just trying to bring up the image of the um, of the den um, new stand because there's something that stands out to me when I was watching it. Now, obviously, this is a an architect's impression of what the stand will look like, um, but. In front of it, there's the number 11 for Den, and he's kicking the ball into the stand. Somebody, somebody's going to have to tell him the goals are at one end of the field That's or the Cavell. other. Is That's it Cavell? <laughs> I'm guessing, if he's <laughs> kicking the ball into the stand. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. There's plenty of business people up in the stand as well that are, don't seem they're that interested. I think Cavell could be aiming for them, but it's a good image up on Facebook. Um, second, second one in Division 3. Kilishandra picking up a win against Shannon Gills, 214 to 17 points. Again, the high scoring continues. And that win puts Kilishandra on maximum points, four points. So one of only three teams. Yeah, that's that's a good, good start by Kilishandra. A bright enough start by Shannon Gills, too. They won the first day and then followed up there with an hour defeat in a good game. So they're going to definitely be a team to watch in the Junior Championship this year. Yeah, definitely. So the third game saw Drummalee go down to Drung, um, and apparently Declan McEntee had an excellent game in this one. I think finished with seven points to his name. Um, brothers, I think they're brothers. Well, definitely two more McEntees had very good games. Um, Paddy and Michael, I think it is. Yeah. Michael McEntee, wing half back, all had very good games for them. So um, that's, that's an impressive win for Drung. Again, making a two from two in their opening two games. They sit top with a, with a score difference of a plus 22. So they're scoring freely. Yeah, brilliant start for them. Mount or uh, Muncher Connacht beat Kill on a scoreline of one thirteen to one eleven. That's uh, Muncher Connacht's first win, and Kill still remain winless. Um, they had a change of manager, I think, pre-season. So again, just steadying the ship, I suppose, is is what they're trying to do at the minute. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that now, but I haven't seen Kill in the last couple of years. Looking at their results, seem to be struggling a wee bit the last couple of years. Muncher Connacht are a team with potential. Um, definitely have potential I saw them twice last year in the championship didn't win either, either day but you could see glimpses of, of the talent that they have and young young lads coming through as well But the, it's like any club working off a small pig it's trying to bring through two crops at once is the big thing you might because mm. unless you can get a huge crop of, that gives you a whole team which is very very unusual but if Mojo Connacht had a, had a great team and a lot of them were kind of in their early 30s now and then they've got this great crop coming through again so they've got to get them to hold on for long enough that the new lads can come in and there will be a championship in them, you'd hope. Build up a, b- a backup. Um, toward last game, saw Ballamacue beat their neighbours, Mount Nugent, a point in the last minute from James Kiernan um, t- to get them over the line. Apparently Mark Kiernan had an excellent game though for them in the middle of the field for Ballamacue as well. So And Adam Rehill, quite uh, quite impressive. I think scored 1-3 for Mount Nugent. So excellent Excellent game there and a good win for Ballamacue. Bouncing back from their opening round. No, sorry, they have two wins from two, sorry. Um, so a, a good start for Ballamacue. Drumgoon uh, went down at the hands of Red Hills. Two eight to eight points. Drumgoon man at the hands or controlling Red Hills. 
Um, that that was a bit of a surprise, I suppose, considering Red Hills are still missing a few. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear anything about the game now, but um, we talked about Red Hills at length on the previous podcast. You know that like they, when they have their full team, they're going to be very hard to beat. So I suppose it's about picking up points when they when they're missing players is going to be crucial to their season. Like there's other like Lavi or another team that's going to be missing players as the season goes on, players going away and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and you can see why they're they're really pushing early in the league to get points while they have everyone. So Riddles are in the opposite position now, but a good win and a disappointing one for Jamgoon, I suppose. Um, under Kieran O'Malley, they had started the, the league with a win. Yeah, they had the final one. Cue the love music. Kildallan beat Templeport five <sighs> five ten to two three. Why didn't they keep the faith? <laughs> see, it's 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 just when you died. And now you're you're pining for Kildallan. You know, wishing wishing that you were back with them and in love with them again. But there's a, there's they've a cut you off. There's a great story to that game, Damien. Tell um, on. From what I've been told, um, there was a hat trick. I think he got three one by by Connor Mimna full forward for Kildallan. Good going to get a hat trick any day of yeah. the week, especially in the local derby. Especially if you if last year you played for the other team. Conor Mimna was playing for Templeport, transferred to uh, Kildallan. Um, Kildallan had a bit of an injury crisis, I think, and Conor was thrown in um, against his, his old club and he bagged a hat-trick. And by all accounts, the slagging um, flying over and back was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it was meant to be absolutely brilliant crack. I mean, you couldn't write it. You couldn't make it up that a fella comes in. And he, he wouldn't have been a guaranteed starter every week with Templeport, but come in there now to get a hat-trick is, is a hell of an achievement and it'll, it'll probably stick in tempo forward a wee bit but it's all in it's all in part of the crack of football um, talk about Aaron local bragging rights I tell you what that's definitely going to make uh, Templeport a little bit sicker one thing being bet by your neighbours but an ex-player scoring 3-1 would just twist the knife a little bit so it would but well Kildallan have had two local derbies there I suppose you, would you call Shanagales a local derby mm-hmm. kind of kind of Relatively, we're, we're, yeah. maybe we're guilty of lumping West Cavan in together but there would be one club over, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, not too far off. Um, so that in the Michael Fitzpatrick Architects Limited All-County Football League Division 3 means that sitting on top with four points, it's Strong, Balamacu and Killashandra. And then down at the bottom end, without any wins, it's Mahara, Kill Shamrocks and Mount Nugent. Um, so interesting to see how that pans on for the next week. We know the potential of Cavan boys and girls, men and women and we value how the GAA unites our tribe. We don't run from where we're from. This is our home. We're Calvin. We believe. Not everybody's lucky enough to be from Calvin, but for 100 euros, you could be lucky enough to win a new house in Dublin. All profits raised will help fund the Calvin GAA Polo Ground Centre of Excellence. Go to www.winningdublin15.ie to learn more. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049 433 0111. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, 
Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Moving on to Division 2. Um, results here saw on Sunday. Cuhullins beaten St. Mary's Swanland Bar. Um, 3.14 to 13 points that's in the Romar Energy All-County Football League Division 2 given in its full title or steamer would be steaming <laughs> so you would if we didn't uh, Hollins big window and a couple of big scorers yeah I believe Evan Doughty had a very good game um, Brian McGee had a very good game so like we all know what Hollins can do on their day like their forward line is, is exceptional I know they don't have Keating at the minute but they, they still have no end of scoring power up front there and um, Swad, you know, Garoud seemingly had a brilliant game for them. That's to be expected. Yeah. Um, but th- again, they've struggled a wee bit in the last couple of years. They just haven't put a run of form together. They've had good results here and there, but last year they leaked an awful lot of goals all season. They were leaking and leaking and leaking, and they've already three. let in three again. I don't know how many they let in the first day or did they let in any, but two, two. Yeah, look, that's a problem. Last year, I think they, it was crazy. We talked about it on a podcast. I think they might have let in. Something like thirty-five goals at one stage. Mm. Five goals in two games. It's, it's a bad start again. So, like you'd imagine. Yeah. I know. I know. I think it was against Mullahorn last year. They went super defensive. Yeah. So they were trying to address that. That's right. Um, and they, they might have kept a clean sheet that day. Yeah, they? they did. Yeah, I think, they did. Yeah. But you'd imagine like that's one thing Swad need to address is letting in these goals. Yeah. Um, second result saw Baileyborough beat Arva. Arva with a bit of a an absentee crisis um, at the minute. I think in one podcast a while ago we said that there was a rumour about Cormac McCabe going to Mohill. Absolutely no truth in it. <laughs> where did that one come from? I don't know. I don't Your know. Where let you down on that one. I don't know where it started, but it's uh, it, it absolutely no truth in it. He came on the other day against Baileyborough coming back from injury. So, um, yeah, that that was a wild one. Um, wh- whoever whoever told me that one, to- and actually, the person who told me was absolutely adamant but I'll not hang them out to dry on it unfortunately but good win for Baileyborough good young team plenty of talent apparently um, Reese Clark and Rory Farrell were instrumental yeah Reese Clark I think got four points Farrell as usual he got seven or eight frees I think right so yeah look, uh, Luke Gilson seemingly had a very good game as well in the middle of the field and so Michael Argue missing. Michael Argue missing. No, that's a great win for Baileyborough. You know, that's that's a real statement of intent. Butler's Bridge were taking on their neighbours, Drumlane. Finished one ten to Butler's Bridge and two fifteen to Drumlane. Fergal Flanagan was sent off early on in this game, so Butler's Bridge were reduced to 14 for the majority of it, and Drumlane were going to always take advantage of that, I would have thought. Yeah, I didn't hear much about it, um, only that Dano Dowd had an exceptionally good game. Um, I got a text and said he's a cert for team of the week. Um, I think he scored five points from play uh, from the middle of the field, which wouldn't he wouldn't be known for big, racking up big tallies. So mm. good start, good start for Jermaine. Yeah, very good. And just mentioning the team of the week, do get in contact with us. Sorry, not a good start for Jermaine. Uh, a good recovery because they, they were beating the first there by then, but good good to bounce back there because the bridge are always dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to mention the team of the week, get in contact with us on social media. There, you can private message us as as a few have done already, and um, with your nominations for team of the week on Twitter, or you can get in contact on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, moving on, then took on Cornerfane, a battle here. It finished eighteen points to one goal and fifteen. 
Um, it was in cross keys again on the old pitch. They're, they're saving the new pitch for the opening, but the old pitch will always, always give you the opportunity for a battle. Yeah, I was laughing. Brian Seagrave was thought there was a conspiracy theory on the go there. He put up a tweet uh, wondering why we're then playing playing old pitch one week and new pitch the next week. But uh, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory. I think some of the then boys had, had a bite back at him on, on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I think maybe he thought that. So they played Lane in the old pitch, wasn't that it? Yes. Yeah, and then this week was in the new pitch. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think that's the way it was, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I laugh, but then they're going, going quite well there. Yeah. They are, like, and they're after winning that under under 20 Spring League as well, so um, that'll all feed into it. They're bringing that momentum through from from the early league with the under 20s, which which is a, a big, big plus. And well, last year, last year I fancied them to win the, the Junior Championship and they were disappointed and they end up losing the Jermaine in the semi-final but like in this area I know it's very early days but you'd have to say that you'd have to expect them to be right there during the semi last year um, you'd have to expect them to be re- very much in the mix for that junior yeah yeah it wouldn't be too far away if they can get everybody playing and, and Thomas Edward Dunne who was only coming back I think he played a little bit against Corner Fane but isn't playing who would be their marquee forward this is a big season for Ted yeah um, like if he's got designs on playing senior football for Cavan, like he'd he'd want to be getting a move on now this year because he definitely has the talent, like mm. brilliant talent and a great fella. So I hope to see big things from him this year as a, as a supporter of Cavan because he's the type of lad that you, you could you could see lighting it up and and maybe next year in the national league uh, getting thrown in there by Mickey Graham. Yeah. Uh, second last game in Division 2 saw McBride go down at the hands of Ballyhays. It was in PJ Duke Park in Stradone. It finished 112 to 311. Again, Ballyhays on the Raiden Waters now look like they're they're firing on all cylinders and yet still without players. Yeah, that's a good win there. That, that is a good win because McBride are an up and coming outfit, mm. without a doubt. But definitely a team to watch. Again, another team that's going to be very much in the mix for the junior this year. But um, I didn't hear a lot from this Ballyhays game, but I'm, I'm looking at three goals and I'm thinking, right, who who got them? Was was Kevin Tierney playing? Is he cleared up from injury yet? Was Park Moore playing? The the usual candidates there. I don't think Sean McCormick has been back yet to play, but is on the way. So you know, if if they were missing any one of them three, it's a big loss. But David Brady's back in in the middle of the field and starting to find his feet again. Well, I've I've said it before. I think Ballyhays are a senior standard squad. Certainly when. Maybe now the senior is very confined now. Like there's not much fat on the bone there at the minute in the senior. But you know when there was fourteen, fifteen teams in it, in my they opinion, were they were is, definitely yeah. there. Yeah. But the, um, again, they ran out of road a wee bit, couple of long, f- four or five long years. They were caught up with them a bit last year. But I would have hated to see them go down to junior last year because I know they're in the relegation playoff. But I, I just felt it was unfortunate for them because if they had got a bit of luck, they would have still been senior. Mm. I see Owen Clark, young lad that played county minor last year, is slotting in at full back. Yeah. Apparently, by I saw him playing. Well. I saw him playing as a forward with the Cavan Miners yeah. last year, and he was very good. He's done, he's done really well by all accounts. Yeah, very good for him. Um, final game was a local derby. It was Lavi taking on Killing Care in Uins, and Lavi won at seventeen points to two goals and nine a two point victory for Lavi. Um, again, good start to the league for Lavi, which isn't normal. No, but again, I, th- I think Lavi are going to be missing players later on. There are a few fellas going away and things like that. Um, must be work commitments and stuff like that. And they're obviously going to, fellas going to be tied up with the county as well. But Lavi are going to be shorthanded as the thing goes on a bit. So they're probably saying, let's get some wins on the board early. Now, what I was told was Lavi had 17 wides in that game. 
And oh, I think right. Shane Tierney contributed eight of them. So he's the captain this year. Okay. And like we all know how good he is. He, I personally think he should be on the cabin. But I think it was, I think it was his own decision not to bother yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I've no doubt that Mickey Gray would have been looking for him in there because he I mean. Sometimes we, we people forget the difference between we'll say junior and senior. Like you see a player playing well, and you think, "Geez, he might be a county player." But you know, senior senior is where it's at in Cavan, and it's at senior level where he has been lighting it up in the last mm-hmm. few years. I mean, absolutely destroying teams. Yeah. So, but anyway, he had eight whites. He didn't destroy anyone on the Sunday, but I think Chris Conroy had another couple, and they had seventeen all together. Um, right. Liam McKay was playing in the middle of the field for Killing Care. Uh, Mark and Jerry Smith, which was an interesting one. Be good friends too, actually. So yeah, well, they probably said what someone with a good engine on Jerry and yeah, do a good yeah. man marking job, which was an interesting t- uh, tactical move by Paddy Bates. But uh, yeah, no, Lavi, Lavi, get the bragging rights there. Yeah, Lavi, high flying. So in the Romar Energy All County Football League Division Two, top of the table, it's Bally Hayes with a positive score difference of seven. They're followed on the same number of points. Lavi have four with a positive score difference of five. And then it's Cornafain and Den who both have three points apiece. Then down at the bottom of the table, there's four teams without a win. Swanabar, Arva, Killing Care and Beltorbet. Um I just don't see the Beltorbet result from the weekend. So was their game called off? They've only one played. So Beltorbet Shercock must have been called off at the weekend gone by. Must so. have been Moving on to the All-County Football League Division 1. It's the Kiernan Service Station All-County Football League Division 1. First game in that saw Coot Hill taking on Rammer in Coot Hill. And Rammer came away with a, a very comfortable victory here. It finished 2.19 to 1.6. At halftime, it was nine points to no score. You know, yeah. Rammer, Rammer came out of the traps. And what, what was actually striking about this was Edo Cole started in the full forward line, went off injured after five minutes, but they brought on Connor Bradley, who scored 1-3 or 1-4 or something like that. So <laughs> you think you'd, you'd, you'd be Coot Hill going, oh, geez, that's deadly. We've, we've a good chance now. Edo Cole's going off. Oh, no, look what they're bringing on. Yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. A different, <laughs> completely different type of player, but a serious handful. I saw them against the Gales the first day, and they were playing Killian Maguire and Edo Cole in the full forward line, which was interesting. Because mm, you two... Big, big men. You know, 6-3 six, six, and 6-5 there, I'd say. And both can win the ball. That was, that was, and they didn't always go along, but it gave them a great option because they have lots of runners out the field, so they were mixing it up. But I think at the end of last year on the Die Hard podcast, we ranked it, we ranked the teams in the county. Was it? Or I, I did it in the paper, and we talked about it on the podcast. And I yeah. got I got a lot of grief about it because I think I had the Gales in at five, and I had Rammer. Uh, I think I ranked it. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Casaran one. Crushed it two, Rammer three, Garner four, and Cavan Gales five. I think that was it. It was could have been something like that. I got a lot of grief from the Gales about it. Yeah, and you did. Looking at it now, the Gales have won one game out of the last eight. They mean now oh. fair. The statistics can prove anything. You could also look at it and say their last fifteen. Look at won. their last thirty, and it, but yeah. the fact of the matter is, the Gales were unbeaten for whatever it was a year and a half. They lost the league final against Castran, and at that, they were six points up in that game at half time and um, were cruising. But they lost that game, and something went wrong there. Something, something has gone wrong since. And they played five matches in the championship, and they lost four of them. Um, or sorry, they, they only won one of them, I should say. Yes, they, they, they didn't they lose four. A couple of draws. And then they, they on paper, drew with Rammer the first day, but I was at the game, and they lost the game. Um, but the referee had a draw. 
And then Inter- just, interesting just point. Whereas Rammer, Rammer, to my eyes, if you fr- look at the form, could Hill look to be in form after beating beating Mullahorn, and Rammer go down in could Hill and and put, beat them two nineteen to one six. That suggests to me that Rammer, at this exact moment in time, and it's a long way to go, where Rammer are are very very much a form team, and it's certainly in the top three in the county. Yeah, I couldn't argue with you on on current form. Definitely. Um, Rammer there. Yeah, but you have a gauge jersey underneath your Drummer Lee jersey half the time. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> it's Mullahorn jersey. <laughs> You're only seeing the blue. <laughs> um, the, the, inter- the interesting point, actually, and, and I don't know if I got to bring this one with you, the Rammer Cavan Gales game. So I was chatting to a Cavan Gales player and I said, you know, what, what did you think? He says, look, I, I think the referee got the score wrong, but. When we came out after half time, he told us it was seven apiece. They pushed on, they got in front, and as the game was closing down and we were getting closer to it, the referee was saying there's one point in it, there's two points in it. So we were going for points. That's when, true. If we were trailing by four points, we'd have maybe been going for a goal. So, you know, it changed our outlook on the game in game, which gave me a completely different outlook that before that I was going at Cavan Gaze, you have to give over the points now, that, that's all rammers. But I can see their point of view now. You know, it's 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 a difficult one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is in my opinion. But um, it looks like though that's it. It's a draw. I don't think there's there's anything more can be done on this. No, I don't think I don't think so. I think I think it's wrong. Like, but look, it's a league game. It's not the end of the world. It'd be different if it was a championship game. True, it's a league game. It's the first round of the league. It's not. It's not as if it's deciding. Yeah, who wins yeah. it or promotion or relegation or anything like that. But it's not ideal. It's not ideal because the referee got it wrong and like everyone makes mistakes and all we, you know. People criticise referees, and we hear referees are only human too. But you have to, if you make a mistake, man up to it and and and, yeah. and just say, "Look, it's a mistake, big deal." Yeah. Like, on Coothill, um, having not scored in the first half, but uh, Shane Sexton, I think, stepped up straight after half time, scoring one one again. Player myself and Michael Hanna were talking about last week. Um, have you come across him? No, no. Um, one worth watching. Yeah, okay. He, he has a lot of potential. Big, tall, rangy sort of a lad, but but very silky, skilled. You know, on the ball looks looks like he's got a huge amount of potential. Now again, I'm not that sure on his age. I think maybe 21, 22, something in around that. Might be a little bit older, but it's something to work with. It's something that you could develop into a really good footballer. Um, he seemed to be the standout light for for Coot Hill and maybe a dark day over in Coot Hill. But um, second game saw Kingscourt Stars go down to last year's beaten county finalist Crushalot one twenty to one nine. Um, partly Barry Riley pulled a lot of strings for for Kingscourt that the you know brilliant on the ball, brilliant use of of kick passes, um, but. Once Crushlaw got running, they just couldn't. Kingscourt couldn't live with them. Yeah, didn't hear much about it. Only, only that Joe Dillon picked up a bad injury early on. Yeah, I was talking to Joe. Uh, actually, he he had qualified for an All Ireland handball double semi final this weekend, and uh, so there's four main adult grades in handball: senior, intermediate, junior, and and junior B. And Joe, for people who wouldn't know, is actually a he's a brilliant, brilliant athlete. Mm. He's brilliant. At, he seems to be brilliant at every sport he tries, but. He's an exceptionally good handballer, and uh, but he never has really played much of it since he was fourteen or fifteen because he's been playing racquetball and then county football usually. But he came back and played a bit of handball this year, and he actually qualified to play in the in the that grade, that junior B grade. And uh, he was he was absolutely brilliant. The one Ulster himself and Caelan Smith, the one Ulster, and without a doubt, in my opinion, they were going to win the All Ireland. And he called me and said he got this injury, so. 
we've had to put in a sub. Now we've got another county footballer to step in, Keane McManus. Oh. So he's a good replacement, but uh, very uh, from a humble point of view, very disappointing that Joe has picked up this injury and now he's got getting the scan on Friday evening. So it, it's potentially long term. Well, he he wasn't able to put any weight on it when I spoke to him um, yesterday. It's so, a shame. It's a shame, but so that's all I've heard about that game. As I said, I, w- I was out of the country, but yeah, apparently um, John Cook and Conor Rehill both very good in the back line for Crushala. Patrick Lynch up front done a lot of the scoring as well. So Crushala early doors. They're starting where they left off last year, but they've, they've a huge amount of quality in the panel. I think there's 13 between Cavan seniors and Cavan under 20s that are crush law players. So mm. that's a team in itself. It's it's very very interesting again this year because it's so even. Like Rammer kind of on the resurgence there a bit again. Mm. Um, the Gales are still there in, very much in the mix. Cats Rahan. I don't think there's any signs of slippage with Cats Rahan. They've lost Shane McSweeney, but. Um, oh. Yeah, he's, he, he went back over the winter. Yeah, okay. Didn't yeah, he know transferred that. back to Kerry, but there's talk that Brian Ennis is going to come back soon. Um, yeah. So they're going to be right there again. Crushed all you'd imagine should be improving a little bit, probably faster than everyone else. And Garna, um, again, are improving as well. Their younger player, even though they have they have a cohort of older lads too, but their younger players should be improving fast as well. So it's very interesting there. Like these games, Crushed all Kingscourt. T- talking to people in Kingscourt, they genuinely feel that there's still one more championship in them. At least, and if you look at the spine of their team, as we talked about before, like Farley, uh, Faulkner, Clark. Clark, Clark scored a monster of a point apparently um, in the first half for, for Kings Court. You wouldn't be off, and he'd be scoring big monster points. No. He'd then he bust through, maybe fist it over. That's it. He wouldn't be known That's for his kicking. And then a couple but of even boys like Barry Barry Reed. Reed. You've Mead there who's coming in, and um, he against Lacken, he was struggling in the corner, and the, they put uh, they put him out the half back. And he played well, and they put put Colin McKeown back in the corner. So they're they're finding their their feet there, but up to the attack, if they can keep Dylan fit, Barry Tully's back as well. He ha- he actually played with London there in the National League. But if they can keep Dylan okay. fit, Philip Tinley and Tinley's play, rolled back to years and playing really well. Yeah. Like there possibly could be a championship in Kingsford because Kingsford, the way they look at it up there is call it arrogance or call it confidence or belief. The way they look at it is get through the group. If we can get to a semi-final, we'll win the championship. And they believe that. They really yeah. believe that, that. That if they can get to a championship semi-final, it'll work for them and they'll win the championship. And I mean, Evidence that, that itself prove. makes them so dangerous. Yeah. Evidence would prove that they're never too far away when no. they get to a final. And Killigarry are bound to be getting there too. Like, Yeah. Well, look at... Uh, you mentioned Gowna there. They picked up a victory, a one-point window against Lara. It finished 2-7 to Lara and 16 points to Gowna. Um I was speaking to a few different people about this game, but everybody seemed to say that there could have and should have been a lot more um, red cards or or definitely cards in this game. It got very, very, um, very heated at a number of different stages in it. But um, Lara missing a huge amount of players. Shane O'Rourke went off early. I don't think Colin McKenna is back playing yet. Owen Cooney is out injured. Um, Who else? I was told four or five key players for them um, what's his name Oshin Carlin still not playing okay. um, they're going to so need all them in their first year back up exactly. in Division 1 yeah Gowan on the other hand Kean Madden Connor Madden Oshin Pearson Robbie Fitzpatrick get all the scoring you know what you'd expect really yeah they're very strong from, from midfield up yeah their forward line Jared Pearson played at full forward as well which is you know th- that mixture of old and young and then Ronan Bannon and goals would would, would 
give a bit of experience. Yeah, <laughs> and McKeever, is McKeever still playing fullback? Um, did McKeever, McKeever didn't play actually at the weekend. He didn't play. Like, you know, they, they, they do have a nice mix there. Yeah. They definitely have a nice mix. David Phillips was in cornerback and I think it was Brendan Madden was fullback. So, okay. Um, plenty, plenty of talent. Even Conor Brady playing, he played, I think, wing half back or out around the middle of the field. Again, like, huge huge strong man at that level so um but a good win for Gauna um keeps them keeps them going well They're, they've one win and, and one draw in their opening two games um Cavan Gales took on Castle Ran an absolute oh, sorry well Mullerhorn against Balanya sorry is the next one here um it finished the draw 12 points to two goals and six it was um Mullerhorn Paul the Gunner scored an absolute screamer of a goal literally from about 20 yards out on the right hand side of the goal as he was looking and he pinged it absolutely rocket to the far top corner Declan Beard must have thought it was going wide or it was moving that fast that he just couldn't have time to react but it was a, a class goal um, then Mullerhorn that put Mullerhorn level got another goal through Endo Riley um, putting three points up with five minutes to go roughly five six minutes to go and then Balanya come back plug on three points and the last of it coming from cornerback Killian McBride who got the goal the week before um, to to beat Lara so Killian McBride he's always been he's always had good leadership qualities Killian McBride yeah. and he captained them to the championship and he's always been a great great stalwart there yeah just knowing when he's needed yeah. you know because I, I genuinely don't think he was up the field before that brilliant <laughs> you know perfect. and they were down to 14 men at that stage and so. the Balliab hero was throwing shade at you I'm telling you, we're going to have to have issue here with Warrior because he's <laughs> he's saying that I or well he he was tweeting we are Cav and calling Balanya relegation father or something along those lines. I want to clear for the second week in a <laughs> row here. I did not say anybody in Division One was relegation promotion anything at all. I said that Mullerhorn might make the top. Four, I think they're capable of being top four. I didn't say who'd be relegated. I'm not that stupid. I, I might be stupid, but I'm not that I stupid. D- I did not have relegation aspirations with that football team. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to hold that out for the rest of the year. But I think it'll be interesting. Gowney this weekend will probably have it up in the dressing room. Well, Damien Donahue said you're going to be relegated. So oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, be sure you, you can write it now. That bollocks Donahue said you're all useless. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and they'll break out the Gaelic life to prove it so. I'm sorry, one part of that's true go on aye um, so yeah draw for Balanya draw for Calvin Gales against Castlehan 3-13 to 3-13 um, a hat-trick of goals for Enda Flanagan at full forward both teams reduced down to 14 players I think in the first half Stephen Cooney cornerback received either a second yellow or, or a yellow and a black and um, then Barry Fortune received a, a red card. Funniest line I've heard all week was that um, a couple of the players or a player after the game and 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 a spectator said that um, Barry literally said, "Well, I don't know. The referee couldn't have seen what I'd done," <laughs> <laughs> which I love. <laughs> it's not that I didn't do it; it's that he couldn't have seen what I'd done. I thought that was brilliant. I, I heard it was an absolute humdinger of a game. Enda Flanagan got a hat-trick for, for Castle Rahan. By all accounts, Stephen and Niall Murray were excellent uh, for the Gales. Yeah. Now, I, thi- I think, um, I hope I hope I have this right, because I didn't get through my homework on this, but I think the, the Gales played Kevin Meehan and um, possibly Luke Fortune in the half-forward line. 
So they're probably looking to target that Casaran half back line, which is interesting because that is the that is the basis for a lot of what Casaran do, especially with the likes of Paul Lukey coming up the field there and mm. uh, Ocean Kieran when he's there, maybe at centre half. Very interesting that the Gales set up that way. Um, if anyone's listening, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But that's that was two the defenders by trade. Yeah, look, me, me and. Meehan can definitely play as oh, a forward. He can play anywhere. They both, they both can play. They're yeah, all and then Luke can play anywhere as well. Um, but there would be, there would be probably yeah. in the last few years definitely be in the full back line normally. So, by all accounts, an excellent game. David Red was supposedly very good as well. Um, Lorna Parker. Lorna Parker, yeah. So, it sounds like a, it sounds like a cracking game. Absolute yeah. cracker. Three thirteen apiece now. Look at it. It's, it's one of those ones you'd, you'd love to have been at. Um, finally, in the Kerner Service Station All County Football League Division One Round Two, it was Killigarry who um, beat Lacking very comfortably. Surprised at at how comfortable this was. One sixteen to seven points. I was trying to bring up earlier on to show you, but there was clips going around on Twitter of Ushin Brady's goal, where it was a turnover by I think it looked like Ted in the full-back line and it then was hand-passed off to Ushin Brady who just tore out and there was a poor lacking player trying to chase him back and you know the way like somebody's sprinting and, and all technique is perfect while they think that they're staying in the race and then all of a sudden Brady puts on another gear and the head of the lacking defender starts to or the lacking man chasing starts to wobble in the whole body and it's like oh no I'm not catching you where <laughs> are you going bang in the back of the net cracking goal cracking I, I goal I haven't seen much of this fella now but he sounds like an exciting player again he's a son of Desi Brady's but um, so Gauna Gauna connections there but he's he's only 18 he was under 17 last year I think and just he has he has an awful lot of talent he's got got himself that he looks physically bigger and stronger now he'd have been small maybe a couple of years ago and I'd have seen him at underage but well the pedigree is good there I mean, it counts for a lot yeah definitely Martin Riley also added in 7 points there um, for Killigarry so back in back in form and in scoring form but just big surprise now I didn't see the, the lacking team so I don't know maybe they were missing a lot of players or maybe there were circumstances didn't hear much from my sources and lacking about the game at all to be honest right so it leaves the division 1 all county football league table with no team completely undefeated here um you have but Rammer. <laughs> well but not <laughs> Rammer on top of the table with 3 points one win and one draw joined by Crushlaw Castlerahan Balanya and Gauna, who also have all three points, or have three points to their name. Then at the bottom end of the table, it's Lacken, who have no points, and Lara, no points. So uh, just to get off the mark there. So looking forward to this weekend, we might, on the Die Hards podcast later in the week, uh, do a quick preview of the All-County Football League. But we'll definitely be bringing you the team of the week. So as I said, get on to us um, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, which are nominations for the team of the week from last weekend's results. Moving on very quickly, um, a new addition to the GA calendar, the Horland League, which has four teams in it, East Calvin Gales, uh, Mullerhorn St. Joseph's, Coot Hill and Pierce Oaks. On Sunday evening, I went to cover the Pierce Oaks against Mullerhorn St. Joseph's and uh, entertaining game actually, uh, played on the 3G pitch, it left, um, it, it finished the draw, a last minute free by Eugene Hill um equalised for Pierce Oaks which gave them their first point of the campaign um, Mullerhorn St. Joseph's rang, rang in the changes now they didn't have a full complement of 15 players so they, they played a reduced number but it was it was still a very very good entertaining game 
Um, and as I as I was saying to somebody coming out of it, you had 26, 27 players who got to play Horland that usually don't get to play Horland this time of year. That's it. Yeah, no, it's it, it's still it's still leaving a bad taste in the mouth. I suppose the way the, the way the championship finished up last year because it was such a good championship and the final was never played. I felt that I felt that probably should have been a little bit more leeway there yeah but just figure out a, a solution yeah there didn't seem to be any solution and coming. the two teams that were in it drew at the weekend shows yeah. how close it would have been yeah, yeah. you know you've some very good players on show there because like, a lot of work would have went in to get that Pierce Oak um, amalgamation up and running and they were going really well like and maybe Mullerhorn were afraid they might get beaten yeah maybe so maybe so but it, it's uh, it's it's lined the league up nicely because um, East Cavan Gales are, are sitting top of that table they had a comprehensive win against Coot Hill 5-15 to 1-11 now I'm not sure of I'm hoping to get this weekend to see East Cavan Gales they're taking on Mullerhorn but I, I I don't know any of the players there but scoring 5-15 is great score yeah they have a good underage system coming through mm. there uh, That'd be, there's a few good footballers that would have come through that system as well. I should correct what I said there a minute ago. Maybe Mullerhorn thought they might get beaten. In fact, actual fact, it was Pierce Oak that dug their heels in on that one. It wasn't Mullerhorn. Remember, it was the game was changed, wasn't it, That's because right. of Mullerhorn's football. So I, I just had to correct myself there. That's right, yeah. Well, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. Some of the, some of the standout performances for me in the Pierce Oak-Mullerhorn game, I thought that... Um, uh, Ronan O'Hagan was excellent Eugene Hill stood out as well Mark Hayes stood out your county lads kind of all stood out thought Bart N- Nannery for Mullerhorn said Joseph looked looked like he was well play, well fit to play um, Pader Neary was, was playing or Dahi Neary sorry was playing Pader would probably play if he got the chance uh, Dahi Neary was playing in the full back line still still trying uh, Hugh Briardy actually Looked looked a, a class act too for from Mullerhorn St Joseph. So some very good players there. It'll be interesting to watch this weekend's game anyway. So I think it's on on Sunday evening. Um, the two games are Sunday evening at five o'clock. Coot Hill against Pierce Oaks. The venue hasn't been confirmed. Um, it's a home game then for East Cavan Gales against St Joseph's Mullerhorn St Joseph. So it'll be worth getting along to that one. Finally on the show, Cavan ladies. They had a couple of games extra to uh, to get played against Leash at the weekend. They picked up a, a comprehensive win again, um, which means they have to go down to Kerry this weekend and pick up a win there. I think a draw is enough to get Kerry into the last four. Cavan, if if they weren't to make the last four, is that a sign of regression? Uh, probably, yeah, but they probably are in transition, though. I think they'd admit that themselves. They've lost a lot of players. Um, if, the, if, if they didn't have... If they had the same personnel available and didn't make the last four, certainly it'd be a sign yeah. that they've gone back. But maybe it's a sign that they've come forward. If if they can, if they can, certainly if they get to the last four with the panel they have now, maybe it's a sign that they've come forward since they since they regrouped at the start of the year. So yeah, wish them well. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's twelve o'clock Sunday. Um, in Fitzgerald Stadium, great to get playing down in Fitzgerald Stadium. So, um, long spin for South for Cavan, but it'd be great to get a result. You presume they're going down the night before with a twelve o'clock throw in. It's a it's a vital one for them. So fingers crossed, and we wish the, the girls the very best of luck in that. Hopefully, if they could get a win against Kerry down there, it would set them up nicely for a semi final. I believe that Ashley Maguire is back in around the panel. Um, and maybe maybe even on the team. I didn't get reading the report this week, but again, that'd be an addition. Getting stronger this time of year would help. Oh, that's, I didn't realise Ashley was coming back. That's a huge help. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about probably the greatest ever Cavan ladies player. Yeah, 
yeah, without a doubt. So wish them the very best of luck. So that's all we've time for on the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. As I said, don't forget to tune in to the Die Hards podcast later in the week where we'll be bringing you the team of the week from last weekend's All-County Football League fixtures.